It's so good to have Nathaniel Fitzgerald for a talk on The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Nat. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to get into Nativity's new full-length, Quietly, but I want to go back to the project's first song that came out in 2018. Gloria relates to the birth of Christ, but no one would ever call it a Christmas song. So here's where we get into an issue of semantics, because when you say first, you mean the thing that's released first. Bingo. And in reality, the full length that is coming out now was actually written almost in its complete form about six or seven years ago. (laughs) You're serious. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I have another band that's like, I have other players that are going to say like, hey, listen, like, Where's this? We're trying to write an album here. So that always takes precedent. And with Nativity, the only person I've had to disappoint is myself. And I'm pretty forgiving. <laughs> um, like, I understand because like I had, I had a bunch of stuff going on, too. And so it's no big deal for me that the album's not coming out. Um, but I had written the album and then mostly just had it lay dormant for a number of years. And then... A friend of mine, Adam Rashka, who was running the video series that Gloria first appeared in, just messaged me one day. He was like, hey, we have an open spot in this series in two or three weeks. Could you maybe do like an exclusive nativity song for that? Like, could you write a song for that? And it was like a holiday themed um series and it's like oh shoot i haven't written anything in a while uh sure and so i just uh grabbed a tuning that i'd been messing around with and took back a memory of a dream i had when i was four years old <laughs> and i had a dream that my father died he like stuck his nose into a escalator and at my great uncle's house and got sucked in and <laughs> it was t- terrifying enough for four-year-old nat that i i woke up and ran out to the living room where he was wrapping presents that actually weren't like it's all the presents mark santa but santa's not doing that my dad so it's like this weird tension of like yes this is good news my my dad is alive however (laughs) there's there's no santa claus (laughs) um and i feel like there's a lot of that uh that tension in everyday life especially but especially in the in the incarnation where It is this great thing that has happened, but there is a weight to it that's like, you can't really say, oh, this is a happy occasion. There is some crap that's going to happen because of this. And there is, uh, of course, the looming specter of the cross cast over it. There's just this bittersweetness that I felt kind of paralleled the two moments uh, with the dream and the incarnation. (laughs) Okay, that was a stretch for me, but it worked. (laughs) You know, I've heard of people with a split personality, but I think you must have multiple personalities. I mean, the projects you're involved with cover so much ground. Here's Nativity, which is ambient post-folk. You have the third wave ska of dad jokes and your main band Spaceships, which was this sort of odd blend of shoegaze and dream metal. Obviously, you're a really messed up person. <laughs> well, you forgot Bears' Teeth, which is the um, all-remote post-hardcore project that I started with some friends during the pandemic. <laughs> okay, so now it's time for you to tell us, who is the real Nathaniel Fitzgerald? Um, 
I think it's all of them. It's not that I have multiple personalities. I just have a big, real big personality. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I can't really write ska punk songs about pro wrestling in my main serious project, you know? And so, <laughs> it's... And a lot of it is just, like, these are different people that I'm playing music with and different goals for each project that I do. And so, I, th- I think we're all multifaceted people. And so, I think if I were forced to stick with only one project, I would just be bored out of my mind. (laughs) Just so people can make a comparison, let's bring in a song from Spaceships. Joy Payne says, when the world falls away, the pillars strong enough to stay will carry you. What brought out that thought? Um, So I'm on staff at a church here, and we suffered a pretty severe uh, leadership crisis. Our church was led by a husband and wife pastoral team, and he had had an affair. And then the next several months were just racked with what's going to happen to the community that I'm a part of. Like, is this body of people going to exist in a year? Like, am I going to have a job in a month? Oh, boy. Am, am I going to talk to any of the people that I am with in this staff room in a year? And through that process, I ended up having a lot of, I guess, co-processing time with Tara, uh, our pastor, who has remained, actually, and watched as a lot of the things that were filling her life and then also filling like the perspective of the church and a lot of the priorities of the church just watched as they just completely collapsed and watched as priorities shifted and watched as people left and found this really beautiful smallness and hope in the foundation that remained. For instance, Tara and I were not nearly as close as we were before this happened. Like there were uh, other people in our church who were kind of peripheral, who then just became foundational members of this community and would just do anything for anybody. And we ended up in a much healthier place, all of us, because the things that didn't matter being washed away by the tide. Pillars, the Spaceships album that came out last year, was not intended necessarily to be an album about that experience. But since I was writing all the songs during that time, I compiled them for the album. It was like, oh, hey, uh, I guess this is kind of a concept album. I better, I better give some people some warning about this. <laughs> so why decide to start up Nativity as a side project? Why not just stick with Spaceships? So Spaceships actually started as a solo project itself. Uh, I had a project called A Rocket Named Justice that was like a sort of lo-fi folk thing, indie rock thing that I just would record stuff in my bedroom and uh, put together on GarageBand. And what was meant to be the second Rocket Named Justice album actually became the first Spaceships record. Uh, I just decided after a few years that I just hated that name. The name change corresponded to the second record coming out. And then I got a couple other guys with me to help play those songs live. And as soon as we did, it became a very clear to me that it was a completely different monster. It was a different energy. It was a different focus. The sonic palette was different. And I was like, okay, this is a different project entirely. And at the time, I just intended to 
set aside anything else. I actually wasn't a part of any other band at that time. But at a point, everybody else in the band just got too busy <laughs> to to get together. Um, and I was just like, well, I have a lot of ideas. And at the same time, we had just planted our church. And I was leading worship in an open tuning for the first time in a long time. And so I was like, I guess I'm just going to mess around with this acoustic for a while. And uh, just these songs kind of spilled out, which just felt distinct from everything Spaceships was doing. I have to say that I think you nailed it by having Nativity release an album titled Quietly. I mean, really, most of us have been leading a quiet kind of life since COVID began. Is that reflected in the music? Uh, yeah, the the palette especially is a lot um, more pared down. It's a lot more limited than Spaceships is, that really than any of my other projects. Uh, all the songs are written on acoustic, which is unusual <laughs> for me over the last several years. But I I restricted the sounds that I was working with a bit. So there are some electronic drums. There are a couple spots where there are real acoustic drums in there. These aren't like rock songs. Like these aren't loud songs generally i recorded a whole lot of electric guitar tracks on there but they're all primarily just used for texture i'm like not dropping any riffs or anything like that and so it was just more from the onset intended to be a bit more meditative uh when i wrote the songs i was getting into um some more uh ambient droney acoustic stuff um, just a lot of those really lush atmospheres and lush textures that uh, felt more communicative than just playing the songs with the, an, uh, an acoustic guitar, which is what I did in a past life as like a twee indie folk guy. Well, why don't we get into the first song, Moth and Rust, that leads off quietly. I think most of us would realize that it draws from Matthew 6, about not laying up treasures on earth. But the song brings in a twist when it says, when I die, I will die alone, but I won't cry. No, I won't feel a thing. You really do feel that you won't have any emotion at your death? Um, it's not as much that. So what had happened, sort of like around the writing of, between the, the music of the album and then the writing of the lyrics, I had a near-death experience um, ben from Spaceships was living with us and he was getting married and waiting tables and saving up all his money. And so he kept all of his money in a in a bag uh, in his bedroom and he didn't have a bank account. And somebody that he worked with found out about this. And so on Christmas night, 2013, I believe, a man came to my door, knocked, asked for Ben I told him he wasn't there. He took off. And then he came back in with somebody else and knocked again and asked me to call him. And when I looked down at my phone, they forced their way in. And one of them went to grab the money. And then the other just put me in a chokehold uh, in my living room. And I just sat there on the edge of passing out. I, I didn't actually pass out because he didn't know how to put me in a chokehold. <laughs> um, mm. he, was, he was actually putting the pressure on my my jugular, which would have killed me instead of made me pass out instead of my airways. Um, I just remember thinking, this is it. This is how I die. And there was no grand uh, moment 
nothing passed before my eyes. Like I didn't feel like a sublime peace or anything like that. I just felt very matter of factly, I am dying here. No one is with me. I am just dying right here. Uh, and then the guy found the money and then left. The other guy released me and then ran out. So I started regaining awareness of what was going on around me and regaining the idea that, oh, I'm, I'm not dead, actually. I'm, I'm actually alive. In that moment, there was really nothing else, no one else with me. It was a pretty stark thing. Something else is that quietly truly fits the album's sound. It is quiet. It has this stripped-down sound with soft vocals. Yeah. And I think you sort of answered that, but does that tell the story better than by doing it any other format? I think so. Um, I have actually never tried to play any of these songs uh, with a full band. Like, there is something a little too intimate. Like, I, I have yelled these lyrics with no microphone at a house show before, but like something felt a little, a little perverse maybe about playing the songs with a full band. It just didn't quite. Because uh, it's too intimate to you. Maybe that. I think maybe also just because like, this is the time that I've taken to take a deep breath and sigh for a while. That's not what I do with spaceships at all. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a completely different uh, headspace that I'm coming from. Quietly is sad because it relates entirely about death. Yeah. Like on the song Strangers, which has the line, no one is afraid to die. They're afraid that heaven won't be like they had planned. I'd like to hear it from you. What are your expectations for heaven? Oh, man, I do not know. Um, and the more I read scripture and what Jesus says about heaven, the less I think that our myopia on the afterlife is helpful or healthy. I do think that heaven is oneness with our creator. Um, I'm not sure how much of that will be like a, a conscious awareness, but I I do know when the day of judgment comes, I think a lot of people will be surprised where they end up, where I know a lot of like Hellfire and Brimstone folks have, have used that line an awful lot. But I think it's maybe more the other way that I think that there are people who have thought that they are too beyond grace or uh, maybe people who have rejected God because they have felt that they can't agree with whatever sort of perverted version of God that we have shown them. I, I think that God might give those people the benefit of the doubt. Because if you reject God for being all these things God is not, then have you really rejected God? Whoa, you're going to have some hard-nosed Christians throwing stones at you, my friend. Oh, I don't know where those people are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a lie. I know where they are. <laughs> um, but where that lyric comes out of is like from the perspective of that hardline fundamentalist, like there are people that those folks probably won't want anything to do with. And they are suddenly now going to find themselves sharing eternity with them because uh, God's grace is a little more 
uh, available than these people might like to think it is. Quietly just released March 5th, so maybe it's too early for you to say, but what kind of reaction has it received? Um, not a very large monetary one so far. <laughs> but that's <laughs> you're, not... You're not going to buy that new Porsche. <laughs> no, I mean, um, that's the life of the indie musician, though. I, I actually haven't checked like numbers and streaming things that much. Uh, actually, this is put out through Friend Club Records, who has handled all the distribution this time around, which is the first time that I've had a release where I'm not the one getting the pings on my phone every time somebody buys something or listens to something or something like which is a really weird and good thing um, to have somebody else who is giving their attention to that because that's not the part of the game that I like the most. But it's been good because uh, people are coming at it from all sorts of angles. There are people who have heard these songs for a number of years. And so these people are finally hearing these songs like on record for the first time. And then other people who are completely brand new to it and uh, maybe completely brand new to me who have been very warm in their reception of it. And then of course there are the folks who know me from any other project who are like, man, this is, this is, this is good. I didn't know you could do something like this. And I'm like, well, I, I can, I can do a whole lot, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been it's been good. I've been I've been pleased with it. Um, I do think even though it took me so long to release, I think it's really the right time to do it. Part of that is just because the guys at Friend Club were like, hey, if we wanted a March release, could you record this for a March release? I'm like, if you make me. <laughs> so they made me. Um, but it's been it's been positive throughout. Well, a second ago, you mentioned about being weird and coming from a different angle. Well, both of those fit the physical release of Quietly. Why did you opt for cassettes instead of vinyl? Um, part of that is budgetary. I give spaceships an awful lot more effort than Nativity. And I think if you look at even like the followers on social media, we'll reflect that. The other thing is Friend Club Records is primarily a short-run cassette label and there is a weird sort of resurgence in cassette tapes um that's been happening the last few years i think because of the lack of accessibility for vinyl for a lot of indie musicians and so where a run of vinyl might cost 1500 or more for 100 the cassettes will run you know maybe three, four dollars a piece, and you can do much smaller runs of it. You make it obvious that the music of Nativity is faith-centered. I mean, look at the band name. But especially well, when... So the band name is actually more a pun on my own first name than it is anything oh, else. <laughs> okay, now I get that. <laughs> and also because the the incident that formed the project happened on Christmas. Yeah. And I should have put two and two together. <laughs> There are a few people who annoyingly call it nativity. <laughs> That's hilarious. But that faith aspect does come in when you have songs like Holy, yeah. which really does come across as a worship song. But I got to know, like, has all of your music that you've created over the years with the different projects been focused on Christ? Uh, Dad Jokes is especially not. Part of that may be because it's 
just a jokey band, you know, I, I don't get to that place where I'm thinking about how my faith and worldview might intersect with this two-tone upbeat song about skateboarding. My definition of what it means to be Christian or my definition of what it means to follow Christ has certainly changed since the formative days of my youth. Um, but my aspirations are still to find that center. And so when I go to that place in songwriting, that's where I am. And so it's unavoidable. And so I, I personally don't necessarily believe that there is a line between sacred and secular art. I do think there is art that is written from that perspective that really kind of sucks. Um, but I just try to live as truly to myself as I can. And so it's not something that I can avoid, even though it's not always the goal. <laughs> Got it. You were talking about your faith and how it's changed. Would you recommend that for everybody? Should everyone's faith evolve? Um, if it doesn't, I think there is something fundamentally wrong with your perspective because none of us have arrived. Even the Apostle Paul said that he had not arrived. He was still wrestling through formative discussions between himself and the Spirit. And so I think that there is a level of self-reflection where you don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt that I think is necessary for any person, really, but especially people of faith. That we are constantly trying to strip away what we've been told about God to find who God really is. And I don't think that is a process that ends in our lifetimes. Something I've been trying to figure out is why you chose Copernicus as the song title for the song. I mean, I just don't see how that fits. Um, so the first line of the song and what used to be the title of the song was the sun won't rise tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second line goes on, the earth will turn and its light will creep over the rim, just like it's always done. Yeah, I get uh, that astronomy bit. Sure. Right. But I had made a joke one time playing a show. I was like, this this next song is about Copernicus. And because he was, he was the one who proposed the solar centric model when everybody still thought everything revolved around the earth. And my friend Chris that I was playing the show with misunderstood that and said, oh, wasn't Nativity great? I really liked that song Copernicus. And I was like, listen, man, that's a better title than I've given it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something about this talk has left me wondering, is music a profession or is it a passion for you? Uh, it is absolutely a passion. Very little of my income <laughs> comes from uh, any of the musical projects that I put out. And really, the only purpose with any of the money that I make, uh, with spaceships in particular, because that's the one that has the most merch and the most sales and like the most music that's out there that people can buy, the only purpose we really have there is to fund more music. And so if you go to the Spaceships Bandcamp, you'll find so many options uh, for shirts and hats and records and VHS tapes, which I actually have to 
put labels on and fold up the cases for now uh, <laughs> and hats and hot sauce, um, which pretty much exclusively goes to pay for the mixing of the record and the mastering of the record and the pressing of the record. Uh, and so the goal is just to make it a zero expense project. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all very DIY. And so if we can just get, you know, enough money to fund the next project, then that's enough for us. Just enough to pay for your hobby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I can get the hobby to pay for itself, but it's also a passion in the sense that like, this is what I feel like I want to do. Like, this is what I feel like I am most fulfilled, but, uh, there's a Japanese concept uh, called Ikigai. It's like a three-way Venn diagram and it's things that you're good at, things that you care about and things that you can get paid for. And right there in the middle where the three of those things intersect is called Ikigai. And if I could just do music to make a living, yeah, that that'd be great, but I'm good overlapping two of these circles of the Venn diagram as long as I have some other way to fund how my bills get paid. You know, there's something that you need to tell everyone is how to spell the band name and how to find you online. Yes. uh, Nativity has no vowels unless you're counting Y, which I guess sometimes counts. Sometimes Uh, Y. Sometimes. N-T-V-T-Y dot bandcamp.com where you can search for wherever you listen to your music digitally, um, Spotify, Apple Music. I don't think it's made it onto Napster yet. Is Napster still a thing? Um, you have to wait for the peers to seed that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can find it all there. And then if you go looking for spaceships on any of those, we're the one that's all caps. The one that's not all caps is someone else. <laughs> Thanks for this talk, Nat, about nativity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, glad to glad to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me.